This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we're talking not about a place to travel to, but about who you travel with, and that is yourself. That's right. Vicky. solo travel can be a, a bit of a controversial topic, especially when it comes to discussions around safety. And while I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, um, it is something that I absolutely love to do. I have done solo travel a bit. If you consider traveling with your dog, who is always with me if I am quote unquote solo traveling. <laughs> we'll count it. It's another being, but it is you traveling by yourself, certainly, you know, all, all the challenges and joys that brings. Um, I, this is something that we, we've talked about on the show previously. Um, back in December of 2020, um, we had an episode about solo travel with a guest who had just learned to love it. Um, that That whole episode was really framed around the pandemic and like you're not supposed to travel with people or be with people outside your household and that's not quite our reality anymore um and so i it's i thought it might be nice to sort of talk about solo travel as a thing you can choose to do um any any old time because again this is something that i I, i've done a lot of for work obviously um even before that um, I love traveling with friends. I love traveling with my partner, with family. It's wonderful. And I think there's something really special about going off on the road, going off on a hike, um, taking time away from home with just yourself. For sure. I think one of the main reasons that I go out, even if it's not like a full multi-day trip if it's just like going on a hike or run somewhere I really like to do this by myself just because I'm like all right I'm going here because I've been wanting to go to this trail for a long time and it might be a little bit spur of the moment and I can it's kind of selfish but I you know it's something where I'm like all right I don't have to involve someone else in planning just grab Stella who's down for whatever trail I want to go on (laughs) and get out there yeah, that's I, I. I'm very much the same way. I'm like, you know, I. It's so much easier just to be like, if I wake up one day and I, and I feel like I just want to go out, I can just do it, and I don't have to worry about it. And sometimes I'll ask, you know, a friend of mine, "Hey, you want to go out hiking? You want to go out and do this?" Um, but sometimes I don't. I don't want to. 
also. Sometimes I just really want that experience of being alone in nature, especially. Um, Vicky, for you, what is it about that experience? What is it about traveling solo that feels so good? It's definitely that independence factor. And um, I think the solitude of it can also be quite refreshing. It's an opportunity to meditate in nature. And overall, I think, I, like I said before, I just like being a little bit selfish sometimes and, you know, <laughs> fully just committing to a day dedicated to myself. Mm-hmm. Totally, absolutely, 100% legit to do that. <laughs> I will also say um, I have more opportunities to do this with this job. And as we've discussed on this podcast quite a bit, if we're going somewhere for work, it's usually during a weekday. All of my friends have normal like nine to five weekday jobs, and they're probably not available to go on this random Monday adventure with me. Yeah, that's that's the thing. we, We kind of are forced into a lot of the solo travel. A couple of times I've been able to convince friends to like, hey, do you want to go on this like four day trip to Southern Oregon with me? But like, that's really once in a blue moon um, kind of situation. People generally don't have that same kind of freedom or flexibility. So it, it it's hard to do that. So we have sort of been forced into experiencing solo travel, I think more than most people have. That may make us uh, a, a bit more uh, wiser in the ways of solo travel and that we just have, we have more experience to do that. Um, so I think that's some, some great stuff we can talk about today is, you know, for folks who maybe are solo travel curious, or maybe feel like they want to do more of that. What are some of the barriers that get in the way of that? And how, how can people overcome those to, to do a little bit more of this? And I think the first one, the biggest one we have to talk about are safety considerations, Mm -hmm. especially uh, being a woman and going somewhere alone. It's like what everyone tells you to not do. Like that's the number one rule. (laughs) Don't go alone, Um, which, you know, is solid advice, you know. (laughs) Um, But if you do choose to go alone, you know, there you should bring some things with you and do some things uh, in order to set yourself up for the best possible experience. What what kinds of things do you bring with you for that scenario? Well, first and foremost, I'm going to tell multiple people where I'm going, what time I'm going someplace. I'm usually sharing my location with people who are close to me, um, and what time to like expect me back especially if I'm going to a place that doesn't have service. Um, But, you know, also carrying with me some safety tools, maybe a little thing of mace, uh, a knife, you know, (laughs) not to get too dark, but like those are things that, you know, you might be a little vulnerable when you're out alone someplace and having a tool for safety reasons is necessary. I think that's really, really sound advice and super legitimate, um, especially when traveling alone into the woods or to small towns or to, you know, uh, weird side roads. Uh, I mean, it's really easy, I think, to end up in situations that feel um, scary or that could really easily turn dangerous for that reason. For sure. What types of things are you considering or bringing with you when you're traveling alone, Jamie? 
Yeah, as like a a white man, I I don't I don't I don't have the the same sort of um, risks or or fears associated with going out into the world by myself. It's it's I think um, more expected uh, that I'm a I'm a kind of person who would do that. I guess I don't know. Uh, I haven't faced the kind of um, those kinds of prejudices out there. So that I, I think less about safety, right? I'm not thinking about bringing a, a mace with me or, you know, some sort of tool to fight against someone with. Um, I do think about uh, like wildlife, for example, like nature. Um, like I like to have a pocket knife with me, like on my hip at all times in case I need to fight off a, a wild creature. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, we've talked before about how, a lot of these fears of wilderness are a bit overblown. Black bear is not usually an issue. Mountain lions are very rarely something you have to see. But, um, you know, I got attacked by a bird that one time uh, up in Olympic. We'll ta- We've talked about it. I've talked about it on here. I don't. So. Okay. We'll we'll talk about it uh, at the end then. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But, like, you never know what's going to happen. Um and, you know, if you do run into like, you know, a mountain lion and you're by yourself, the best course of action is to like get big, yell at it and fight back against it if you need to. So I've had that thought before, like walking in the trail, like if I need to stare down a mountain lion, I need, I at least want to have like, you know, something to hit it with. Uh, that's not like my, my fists. Um, but I mean, these are just things that just run through the head when you think about like, I'm out here by myself. Um, I think what you said about telling someone where you go. That's absolutely perfect baseline advice. I my partner has my location and my itinerary. My editor has my itinerary, and I communicate with her daily when I'm out in the field. Um, you know, oftentimes my mom also knows where I'm going. Like, there's several people. You know, I don't want to make like everyone in my life afraid if I don't show up. So there's like various, I think, like layers of that. But um, definitely making sure someone knows and is is like you know, expecting you to communicate with them or be back at a certain time, baseline, baseline stuff. Um, you know, people will talk about traveling with, um, GPS, uh, like a Garmin or something like that you have. So, you know, if you, uh, like a beacon, I, I you know, if, if you get lost out there, you can alert somebody that's great stuff, especially if you're going like way off into the wilderness. Um, I actually, I actually don't have one of those. I don't go super off trail or off into the wilderness that often. Um, but you know, I, that's a great thing to have. Uh, I think I probably should have one, <laughs> honestly. Same here. Um, Same here. And then just like, you know, regular survival supplies. And that, that applies not to just solo travel, but to anyone going out there. Ha- uh, but it's more, I think, important if you're traveling by yourself because you have to have it. No one else is going to have that stuff. So you have to like really be like, oh, do I have my first aid? Do I have enough hydration? Um, do I have do do I have the the map uh, you know printed out or like saved on my phone or whatever? Um, making sure you have all of that stuff, the ten essentials, whatever else you need on that trip, super super important. Yeah, it's like the ten essentials and then some. Um, yeah, really being on top of that. <laughs> worst thing you can do is try to get out somewhere and they're like, Oh, I didn't download my all trails map. And I actually, did I take a wrong turn on this trail? Where am I? <laughs> if you're not usually the navigation friend, you've got to become the na- navigation friend all of a sudden. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think by nature now, I've I've always got that map downloaded yep. somewhere. <laughs> so once you have, you know, these 10 essentials, the, the stuff that you've prepared the trip with as far as like telling people where you're going, you know, all those kind of safety considerations are checked off your list. What are you doing or bringing on your solo travel to kind of enhance your experience? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it really varies on what the kind of what kind of trip we're talking about. But like, something I'll, I'll often bring is uh, a journal with me, um, something just to write with. I find that um, being alone offers so much better uh, uh, time to do reflection um, about whatever's happening in my life. Um, walking on a trail, or being out at the beach, or even just being like in a hotel room alone, there's like a lot of really good opportunity throughout the day to, um, to sort of just, you know, just ponder to sort of check in with yourself. Um, so I find myself just, you know, having a journal around to sort of scribble in or to to write down things that come up. It's a really good tool to sort of get that out of the brain through the hand onto paper. Um, and that allows it to sort of more, more fully manifest. Um, that, so that's, that's just, I think a nice thing to always have on hand, um, for me anyway. Um, and I think, you know, just aside from like pure safety stuff, some more practical stuff like, um, that might get overlooked. Like, um, if you're backpacking alone, which I've done several times, it, you all of a sudden are carrying everything. So, you know, that's just, I mean, you got to consider like how much heavier your pack is going to be all of a sudden, but also it's like, did you bring the snacks? Did you bring the sunscreen? Um, did you bring this or that or this or that? Uh, you you can't rely on anyone else to have brought anything. You become all of a sudden completely self-reliant. And that's, I think, I, I think it's fascinating to, to see what things you forget. Um, you know, it's sometimes a hard lesson to learn, but being out there and being like, oh my God, I forgot whatever shows you these are the, your, your blind spots. And I think makes it better when you go out with people because then you can be more aware of all the things you actually need when you go out there. And then there's also that conflict you run into when you realize, okay, yes, I am carrying everything that I would need. And the perfect scenario would be able to read this lovely hardcover book by in nature, wherever (laughs) I am. And I simply cannot fit it into my backpack or bring one more thing with me. I've stopped bringing books, especially backpacking. Like I, it, it is so much more enjoyable to me to just like sit in silence and like stare at a sunset or like a slowly darkening cliff face than try to read a book that I brought. I just never read them is the thing. And if you're a book person and you know that you're going to read it, I bring a soft cover. First of all, um, bring something small. Don't, don't go out, bring in, you know, Ulysses on your, on your backpacking trip, uh, unless you're going to be out for a few months. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even I think ideally for me, what I like to do when I solo travel um, is bring my camera with me and photograph the scenery, photograph Stella. And I think being alone, it's a little bit easier for me to like stop, take my time, like get a really nice shot that I'm proud of. And um, but even then, I'm like, oh man, it's another like big bulky item that I've got to carry around. But that is something that enhances my solo travel. Oh, for sure. I I gotta have my SLR on my shoulder. I mean, everywhere I go hiking, but um, 
you know, I, I love taking time to really like be immersed in like being a photographer and, you know, spending time, like going through pictures. What did I get? What didn't I get? Um, I don't know. Is it, is there's something about having another person around, first of all, so good, so fun, so enjoyable, sometimes a little distracting. Especially it's like opening, it's, it's a little bit of vulnerability showing your side as a photographer, like what lengths are like crouching down to get a shot that you'll go to. <laughs> and I don't know that I want to share that side of myself with everyone. <laughs> uh, they're like, why are you suddenly lying on your stomach next to like the side of the trail? Exactly. There's a mushroom down here and this is the best angle. Um, well, of course. We can't talk about solo travel without mentioning some of our favorite trips that we've been on. Jamie, obviously you've been on so many, especially with work. What are some highlights for you? Well, I think, you know, a lot of, when I think about solo travel, I think about a lot of just like long road trips through Oregon, um, being in the car for like six, seven, eight hours at a time, um, driving out to Steens or to the Albert Desert or up to Joseph. Um, and just like having time, I, I, I'll listen to a lot of music or I listen to like a lot of podcasts, but sometimes I get tired of hearing stuff and I'll just turn off all the noise completely and just drive in silence for like an hour and a half. And I love that. I love like just letting this, the scenery pass by and just letting my mind sort of do what it does and think about what it thinks about. Um, or like, you know, I, this is one of those things that I feel like sounds weird, but everybody does taking the opportunity to just talk aloud to myself in the car is so good. Something about like that process of like verbal reflection is I, I think for me at least very, very beneficial and something we don't do most times ever because it's like, Oh, we don't want someone to hear us talking to ourselves or like we, you know, you have someone else to talk to, but I feel like for me being in the car, like at a, like at a long car trip, is like the only opportunity I take to do that. And um, I love I love that. Um, but when it comes to like specific solo trip favorites, well, I'll go back to the bird we talked about. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh my God. Um, this was um, backpacking up in Olympic National Park up to um, the Enchanted Valley. Incredible spot. So, so good. And this is the first, the first night of like, I think it was a three or four night trip through Olympic. And so the plan was to hike up to the Enchanted Valley, camp through overnight and hike back. And this is a place known for its black bears, bunch of black bears. So I, I wanted to get at least one shot of a black bear for like our archives. I don't know. Like I wanted to just like have it. So we didn't have to like find like, you know, 20 year old pictures of black bears. Um, and so I packed my, you know, telephoto lens, um, and Olympic too, you have to have the bear canisters, which is so heavy. Um, so it's just like, again, we talk about carrying all your stuff. I didn't have a backpack specific tent, like a lightweight one at that time. So I had, my pack was so heavy and it was among my first backpacking trips. So I was dying. Um, and it was like, I can't remember how many miles, but like 13 or something like that. It was a, it was a lot. It was a long hike up there and saw a bear immediately when I got to camp and it was far enough away, kept my distance, got a picture, went fine, saw an incredible sunset. There were like waterfalls pouring off of the cliffs everywhere. Um, this was like in May and like just incredible beauty, like just capital I idyllic beauty. 
um, that like I'll never forget. And being up there by myself and just sitting and watching that in the silence and that like, you know, the, the noise of nature. Oh my God. It was just absolutely beautiful. Slept great. Woke up the next morning and was like, wow, my body is hurt. <laughs> it is so tired. So sore. I do have to hike all the way back down immediately. Um, just for the timing. And so I, I got back in the trail and, and it was again, a great, beautiful morning, blue sky, um, picturesque, uh, just a gorgeous, gorgeous day. And I'm hurting, but like trying to keep my spirits up and doop a doop a doop going down the trail on my merry way. And as I was, um, walking past this big log, uh, a small, a grouse, like a, a ground bird hopped up onto the log, like right next to me. And I was like, Oh, hello, small friend. <laughs> like, uh, great. I took a picture of it. It like hopped into like a little sunspot. It was like really well lit. And I was like, wow, perfect. Thank you. And I was like, well, thanks for, thanks for letting me take a picture of you. Good morning. Have a good day. And I, I started to walk away and it jumped off the log in front of me and looking at me. And I was like, okay, well, um, it was I'll squaring walk, up. I'll walk. Uh, let me just scooch around you here. And I I moved to sort of go around it and it flew up at me and started like flapping its wings and its talons like in at, at like my leg. Uh, and I was like, whoa, like, let's, <laughs> hey, like, let's not do this. And I said, but like, it really kept coming at me. So I started to sort of like kick at it, like, shoo, get away from me. But it was, it was really not letting up. Um, but eventually I got around it and started walking down the trail and it started uh, chasing me, like running down the trail after me. So then I have to start running down the trail away from it with my big heavy pack. My no. feet hurt so bad. And I was just like, ugh, ugh, like looking behind me, like, like, you know, doing a light, like, you know, light jog. And the bird kept coming and kept coming. It was like a horror movie. It was ridiculous. Oh my this little brown ground bird, uh, like a chicken-sized bird. And uh, finally, I crossed a creek, and it, it decided that was like as far as, as it would go. And it, it stopped and turned around. Um, I later learned that this was in the thick of like grouse mating season. Like I had heard all these like sonorous hoots out in the, the woods like all, all day. And I saw a couple of these birds, with these crazy things in their necks that were making sounds. Um, and this was a female grouse. And I learned that once they mate, they lay their eggs, like they go find a little nest underneath of usually a fallen log, like the one I had passed. So it seems that I came across it's like egg laying habitat. And it was like, oh. absolutely not get away from me. And I thought it was being a friend and it, it clearly was not being a friend, but, uh, <laughs> And that was so, the best solo trip of your life. <laughs> it really was because let me tell you, like that was insane. That being chased with the bird is crazy. But the scenery I saw up there at Enchanted Valley was absolutely incredible. And I did think like this would be great to share with somebody. But I also yeah. thought like how cool to just sit here in silence by myself and like have this like special moment. There is something like I think scientifically too very beneficial to being by yourself to being in silence. It's a kind of meditation, I think, where you're not worried about interacting with someone or you don't have to worry about any sort of, you know, worry maybe is strong, but like have sort of relationship dynamics or, you know, consider other people. It's great to do that in life and important. And it's sometimes important, I think, to consider just yourself and your own experience. Being a little bit selfish, as you said, 
and I think the positive way of, of that word, mm-hmm. um, considering yourself and ha- you know giving yourself that time to reflect, to be, to exist um, without any other distractions, so vital. And I, I found it up there and I, I find it all over the place. I am a big, big believer in doing this sort of thing. I also like the learning that takes place when you're by yourself and sometimes you just have to figure stuff out on your own. Um, <laughs> I'll give a quick little story just yes. <laughs> just because it, it is not Pacific Northwest related, but it's back to those days during the, the midst of the pandemic when I had some like furlough days at my past job when I was living in Southern California. And again, in the pandemic, I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just travel by myself. Um, of course, I took Stella with me and I hopped in my two-wheel drive car and I wanted to go out camping at the Trona Pinnacles, um, which is like this really cool like geological formations in the desert north of where I was living. So I headed up there, put it in my map, you know, and Google Maps is like, oh, go this way, save like an hour of driving. And it was, I think it was like a four hour trip. So I was like, oh, that seems nice. All of a sudden I'm on this dirt road and I'm questioning whether my car can like make it there safely. I'm taking it nice and slow and I'm just like, I'm really far out here. I don't know about this. Uh, Stella's like panting in the back. She's not sure about it either. Eventually we, we, we get to like this campsite. It's so beautiful. The sun is setting. It's like everything that I had pictured in my head. I think they've shot movies here and there are other people around. I'm like, oh, I kind of want to be like really by myself. I have my firewood for my campfire. And this was really like kind of my first time camping solo. Maybe I should have chosen something a little closer to home. And so I'm like, you know, I want to go out to these campsites a little further out. I get my car stuck in the sand trying to get there. And we are so like far removed from an actual road. I'm like, how would someone even like tow me out of here? Uh, And I'm not recommending anyone do this, but I get out of my car and I'm like, oh, I, you know, so early 20s mistake. I don't really have anything to like help me in my car to get out of this situation. But I do have a soccer cleat in the back of my car. I use that soccer shoe to dig out my back tire frantically. And I make it on my merry way to that far out campsite and then have a lovely night, see beautiful, clear skies, enjoy the stars and camping underneath of it and perfect weather. And on my way back out that next morning, I just gun it through that area where I got stuck (laughs) and I make it out. (laughs) Not the smartest move on my part in doing all of this, but with some quick thinking, (laughs) made it through. Oh my God. I love, I love the digging your, your tire out with a soccer cleat and then, then going for being like, all right, let's keep going, huh? Being a front wheel drive car, I was like, well, I guess there's no going back and I don't want to get stuck in that. So keep going forward, <laughs> I suppose. Oh gosh. And then just gunning it through the day after, you know? <laughs> sure. And it worked. I mean, you got out. This is not sound advice. No, but the thing is like that. I mean, you, you go out there, you get into these kinds of, these kinds of things. And, you know, thankfully it wasn't an issue. We didn't have to like try to survive out there. It was a learning moment though. And I think it, like you said earlier, the, the moments to learn in these experiences are humongous and like try to keep the mistakes maybe less dangerous, obviously, and have the proper precautions and all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but like that's what life is about right is is about learning through experience and trial and error and making mistakes um and this is like such a, a rich experience to do it not to mention i mean the fact that we have so many opportunities here in the northwest to go do this um taking a walk by the ocean by myself is one of my favorite things in the world mm -hmm. i love to do it um to the point where if i'm like with like you know family at a beach trip i'm like yeah let's take some walks to the beach together why don't, but then why don't you go back and i'll meet you back at the meet you back at the beach house later yeah i'll yeah. i'll do some time by myself out here um yeah so I, I, lots of really great experiences i i love I love to hear about these stories because I love to hear the moments of growth people have. I'm sure you wouldn't try to do the same thing again. Um, <laughs> would you, what would you do differently this time though? I guess like what is, what was the lesson you learned from that getting stuck in the sand adventure? I think the campsites that were on, you know, solid, not paved, but like solid road were just fine enough, you know? <laughs> and I will say there were other people at those campsites. If I was really in a pickle, you know, mm -hmm. another great thing about solo travel is uh, kind of coming to terms with yourself that you do need to ask for help. And like, mm -hmm. there were people that could have helped me in that scenario. I do love that you brought up asking for help. I think that's a big part of going out by yourself is being willing to ask for help. Uh, a friend of mine, um, gave me great advice about this when I was really struggling with asking for help. She said, um, offering help is, is a gift. So when you're asking for help from someone, you're giving that person a gift. We love to help people. Most of the time we love to offer help. If someone comes up to us, Hey, I just need a hand with this thing. Most people are going to say, absolutely. That sounds great. And you get a joy out of helping someone out. So that's something I keep in mind now, whenever I'm like, Oh, I don't want to ask for help. I want to be able to do this myself. I want to be self-sufficient. Um, no, just just give that give that gift to somebody else, and um, give the gift to yourself by not making it so hard. Yeah, it doesn't have to be so hard, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I know we've talked a lot about like either going off on trails or like camping, but even if you're traveling solo in like a more populated area or city, whatever, uh, traveling solo, even if you have an itinerary, it can allow for those experiences where you're just um, in a random town and you want to ask like, hey, what's your favorite spot to eat around here? Where do you suggest I go? And um, sharing those experiences with strangers is an awesome opportunity as well. And if we had our colleague, Samantha Swindler here, mm -hmm. she would tell all about how much she loves going to small towns, meeting people, going into dive bars and like meeting strangers. Again, safety issues, uh, follow, follow your own, your own uh, guidance there. But um, sometimes meeting those people is, is, is such a joy. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the thing is that like solo travel doesn't mean you don't have to have any connection anyone else period yeah. it's okay to make connections with people whether it's strangers uh people in shops fellow hikers or like you know like sometimes i'm like i'm doing my own solo trip i'm going to be alone like i'll still call my partner that night yeah. you know and be like hey what's up you don't you don't have to like you know turn into a monk all of a sudden <laughs> um you if, if you want to go for it but you don't have to also it can be whatever you need it to be um i think that what we're advocating here for right now is just to give it a try, you know, or at least examine what it is that, um, you know, what barriers you may face to doing this sort of thing. 
um, and uh, what kind of precautions you may need to take in order to make it happen. Because I, I do think it is very valuable, not for everyone, of course, but for anyone who's curious to try it, um, go for it. Enjoy it. Absolutely. Any trips you have coming up that you're looking forward to? <laughs> so many. <laughs> so of course, that's the thing right now. Now, like, you know, um, it, it, at this point in my life, I'm always asking my partner, I'm like, which of these trips do you want to come on, come with me on? Um, you know, which can you, which can you not? So they're not always solo at this point, but I definitely am looking at a couple of solo trips. Um, possibly one out to Joseph again this year. Um, I love that drive out to Joseph. Like I said, um, it's a long one, um, but it's a great opportunity, but I do also now have some friends who live in Joseph. So, whereas I used to go out there and just backpack and hike by myself, I've got people who live in town. So I'm able to go see them and, and spend time together. So, you know, I, I do feel like I'm doing less and less solo travel now at this stage in my life. And, um, there's kind of a joy in that as well. I feel like it, it doesn't have to be a forever thing, but I do wonder if I'll start to miss having more time alone on the road, um, sometime in the future. And if I'll need to like build more of that into my life to kind of get that feeling again, who knows? Yeah. And I I can relate to that sentiment. I feel like when I first moved to Portland, I was doing a lot more solo travel because I didn't really know a ton of people. And now I've built that community or like I've had more friends move to the area and there's more people to share it with. And I have been enjoying that a lot. Yeah. Both ways are great. You know, I think finding diversity in your experiences is the important thing here. So did we just talk ourselves out of solo travel by the end of this Yeah, episode? scrap it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, that's a great spot to end. Um, so, folks, that's all we have for you today. Uh, until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and are interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.